Cheesehead. Cheeseheads. Get it on your feet. It's curd and long. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. And another edition of Curd and Long. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer flying solo with you here uh, as I record this on a Thanksgiving evening. Uh, you'll obviously be, uh, download this here uh, the day after on Black Friday. This will be available for everybody. But how about it, Packer fans? Can you believe what we all watched on Thanksgiving? I, I for one, stunned, shocked, surprised. Um, I, I don't know what other words to possibly use. When we last talked, we had Jeff Rieger on the show from 97.1 The Ticket. And him and I went back and forth. And I look, I, I said the Packers were going to lose 34-24. And he said something uh, closer than that. He thought the Packers would keep it closer than that. Something like 31-27 or something like that. So we both thought that both teams uh, would score a lot of points. Uh, but neither one of us thought the Packers would actually uh, win this football game. And, and especially going back to what it looked like the last time these two teams saw each other. You know, Hutchinson absolutely owned the Green Bay Packers, uh, and it was a big, big problem for the Packers, and how were they going to stop that? Plus, no Aaron Jones. The last time we saw this Packers offense without Aaron Jones, it was horrible. Uh, so there was that to be considered uh, as well. The one thing that I did bring up, though, towards the end of the podcast was, man, if they actually beat the Lions, can you imagine the national narrative around the Packers and Jordan Love at five and six with obviously a tough Kansas City Chiefs team, right? Uh, at Lambeau Field coming up on Sunday night. That obviously is a big, big game uh, and will not be easy, even though the Chiefs haven't been playing maybe all that well offensively, uh, but well enough, they're still winning games. Uh, but then after that, you look at the rest of the schedule and all of a sudden things become a lot easier. And if you're on social media, I'm sure that you've kind of been probably seeing all the uh, posts about what their schedule is like. But after the Chiefs, they come back with a Monday night game at New York against the Giants. They're horrible. Um, then it's at home on the 17th against Tampa Bay. They're beatable. At Carolina, that's a winnable game. At Minnesota, we'll see. That's the 31st, uh, New Year's Eve. A Monday night game on New Year's Eve at Minnesota. And then the last game of the year, you finish up at home against the Bears. New aren't that good either at this point. So all winnable games. Now, having said that, let me say this. I really don't want to get ahead of ourselves here as far as uh, looking at this and going, okay, well, they're a playoff team. We're going to the playoffs. Like I, I don't want to go to that point, right? I, I want to be able to hold back a little bit um, and kind of just play this thing out. And let's just stay in the moment instead of looking ahead because that's all I have seen since that game ended earlier today on Thanksgiving, as I record this till now, which is like 830 at night, a lot of people are jumping to that playoff talk. I'd rather kind of just pull it back a little bit uh, and just kind of go game by game. And the reason I say that, and I want to talk about this Lions game, obviously, but the reason I say that is it's a young football team. Okay. And because it's a young football team, there's going to probably be ups and downs as we've seen this year. Now, it does look that clearly this offense has kind of turned the corner. We thought it might have happened last week against the Chargers, but we wanted to see what it looked like against Detroit, and that looked even better. So from that perspective, it looks like they have turned the corner. Defensively, I don't know if they can do that, what they did against Detroit. Uh, and let's just talk about the game, and we, we can kind of dissect this here. 29-22, Packers over the Lions. And 
you open the game with a pass over 50 yards to Christian Watson. And again, you could say, oh, oh, he underthrew it. He did. He did underthrow it. He didn't hit him. Well, it was 50 yards in the air, man. He would have had to throw that ball 60, 65 yards to hit that guy in stride, something like that. Um, but Watson went up, high pointed, caught it. And then the story after the game about Matt LaFleur was wrestling with the fact that whether or not he wanted to call that play to start the game, that he texted Jordan Love in the morning, Thanksgiving morning, was like, I don't, I don't think we're going to do that. I think we're going to do something else. Uh, and Jordan Love's like, no, I want to run that play. And there was two options. One was Watson and one was Dobbs. And they didn't really have checkdowns by the sounds of it for LaFleur. So it was either going to be a big play or maybe it was going to be a sack because it was, you know, it was going to take some time to be blocked up front in order to hit it. Uh, and Love convinced them, no, I want to run it. So they ran it. LaFleur trusted his quarterback on his quarterback hit a huge play. And then from that moment on, Christian Watson looked like the Christian Watson of the second half of last year with the Green Bay Packers when him and Aaron Rodgers were an unstoppable force. And that is the Christian Watson that they've needed all year long. Now, better late than never, we'll take it. If this is the Christian Watson that's going to be here for the rest of the year, this guy making all of these catches and making big plays, then this offense could take another step forward. But again, coming into this thing, it was, how are they going to win without Aaron Jones? And I had stated, I think on the last podcast, that you know they may have to throw the ball 45, 50 times a game if, if they're not going to stick with the run. They did stick with the run. I mean, they ran the ball 14 times uh, with A.J. Uh, AJ Dillon. And again, was it great? No. Three-yard average, that's all it was, uh, for 43 yards. But that's all it has to be. And, and, and so many times, people don't understand this. And I, when I say people, I should, should qualify this and say coaches don't understand this, not people. And, and the reason I say that is because so often, coaches will just completely abandon the run and say, that's not effective enough. I can get more through the air quicker. So to heck with it, I'm out. And then when you do that and the other team knows you're doing that, now those defensive linemen can pin their ears back and come back to the quarterback with even more ease. And that happened throughout the course of Aaron Rodgers' career where you know they would abandon the run and just get to winging it and gunning it all over the place. And then you bring a Josh sitting on the Wendy's Big Show or a Bakhtiari or whatever else. And you could hear them Talk about, hey, yeah, yeah, I'd love to run it more, but you know, this is 12 teams, so we're going to throw it. This is kind of how it goes, whatever. And it put them in you know some not favorable positions at the end of the day of having a block for him uh, under the, the guidance of McCarthy, of course, when they got pass happy. So it was nice that they didn't completely abandon the run with A.J. Dillon. And it was nice that they figured out a way to get Jane and Reed more involved as well. And that's the other thing that comes along with this. Jaden Reed has been unbelievable as that rookie out of Michigan State. He really has. Now he's carrying the ball, right, and, and being a factor there. He's caught the ball really well. He's putting the ball in the end zone uh, as well. Gets another touchdown today. So that's been really, really impressive uh, out of Jaden Reed. And, you know, the whole idea of who's the second running back going to be next to A.J. Dillon without Aaron Jones for the next couple of weeks uh, and Jaden Reed, you know, ends up with a couple of carries in this game. Patrick Taylor ends up with three carries in this game. Uh, and maybe that's what it looks like going forward. Maybe Jaden Reed will get more carries going forward. Maybe Patrick Taylor will. But I think that number, if you add that up, you're at 19 carries between those three guys. Might be somewhere around 20, 25 carries probably in a football game, however you want to divide it up. But those attempts have to be there. You still have to have those attempts. 
um, and then see what happens. And AJ Dillon, you know, he, he had that one nice play huddled or hurled over a guy. Right. And they got popped, stayed on his feet and kept going down the sideline. Uh, and then got all kinds of fired up uh, and emotional after that play. That's what you want to see. That's the type of stuff where, okay, maybe I'm not having big plays or, you know, every, every handoff is in 10 yards, uh, but he's emotionally invested. And you can see he's emotionally invested uh, when he gets all fired up after that. So that was good to see that they didn't abandon the run uh, in this game. The other thing, besides the fact that Watson and Love looked like they were on track, the other thing was Dylan obviously running the ball. Can we talk about Jordan Love just for a little bit? If you go back to that streak where they weren't playing well on offense, and even up to a couple of weeks ago, the one thing that was being said, um, and I believe, uh, who was it that said it? Was it Orlovsky that said it? Dan Orlovsky that said it? Um, I don't remember who said it, but somebody had pointed out, and I agreed with them, uh, the fact that the ball placement just wasn't very good. As far as, yes, Jordan Love was completing the ball, but they were down by the ankles, and the guy was having to fall down to catch the ball. And instead of hitting the guy you know, in the hands and the chest on the move, being able to pick up those few yards, he was costing himself and the team yards because of where the ball was. You didn't have any of that on Thanksgiving. I mean, every ball he threw, he threw one of Dobbs that hit him in the hands that he dropped on a third down play that would have been a first down. I mean, for the most part, every ball he threw was right where it should have been. They were catchable balls right there and, and hitting guys when they were moving. Uh, that, to me, is another uh, aspect of this when we talk about Jordan Love that I think you have to be happy to see. Not only is the offense not moving, um, and he's completing passes, but now he's completing passes and hitting guys where he's supposed to be hitting guys as far as, you know, in the chest or in, in areas where they can catch it and the defender can't. That's another area of improvement. We've talked about in the past, Jordan Love and a contract extension, whether or not that's going to happen or not. I, I don't, I, I mean, they've got, you know, five, six games left here. I, I don't see how he doesn't get a contract extension because he he and the offense are slowly getting better and better and better and better. Part of the reason that Jordan Love is getting better and better and better is that offensive line played out of their minds on Thanksgiving. I did not see that coming. Of everything that happened on Thanksgiving with that Packer-Lions game, that was the biggest shock to me of all, which was how well they actually passed protected and kept Hutchinson at bay in that game. It really was impressive. Everybody on that line played well. They did their job. Uh, and really allowed them a chance to win this football game. And throughout the season, that offensive line has not played well, has made huge blunders, penalties fly all over the place. And everybody that wants to get on Matt LaFleur and criticize Matt LaFleur, oh, he sucks, you know, Rogers covered up for him, he should be fired, da 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 da, da. Okay, fair enough, I get your frustrations. And they were warranted. But all those penalties that were happening in the beginning of the year, gone gone like the, 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 those penalties have disappeared here in the last couple of weeks they're not getting fa- flags thrown on them at nearly as high a rate as they were previous to this that all got fixed all got taken care of now if we're going to blame LaFleur when it happens then you should give credit to LaFleur when it gets cleaned up and it got cleaned up and that's on him if you want to criticize LaFleur on play calling he doesn't know what the hell he's doing and da 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 okay well, now when the offense is moving 
and throwing up big points against a pretty good team with the Detroit Lions, then I'm assuming we're going to give credit to Matt LaFleur for being able to put his team in a position to win the football game uh, and get points. That's how it should be. In the beginning of the season, we talked about, look, it's going to take some time for these receivers and this quarterback and these tight ends to figure it out. And then you heard after last week's game against the Chargers, Jaden Reed talking about the fact of I'm playing way more fast now than say I was in week two or week three or week four, because now I know what I'm supposed to be doing based on coverage, based on what the guy in front of me does, you know, the def- the defender does in front of me or what the safety does. I know what I'm supposed to do and I can just play. We said before the season started, this was going to be a year of growing. And then by the end of the year, you just wanted to see them find their footing at some point by the end of the year. And then in 2025 is really when this offense should take it to that next level and possibly put you in a position maybe to compete for a playoff spot. And now as you look at it, you know, everybody, as we started off this podcast, is talking about is, well, let's talk about the playoffs. Let's talk about the playoffs. Um, and trying to figure out, you know, well, they can win the last five. Even if they lose to the Chiefs, they can run off the last five. A- again, there's there's too much unpredictability still with this football team. A- and the biggest aspect of this comes from what side of the ball? Defense. <laughs> That's where it comes from. On the defensive side of the ball is the biggest amount of predictability. We'll talk about that next here on Curtin Long. Back on Kurt and Long, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer with you. You can follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio, 1250amthefan.com for my weekly interviews. Don't forget Toy Drive Week coming up uh, this week, Monday through Friday, Blaine's Farm and Fleet in Oak Creek. I uh, look forward to seeing you out there right there on Rawson Avenue. Just get off of Rawson off I-94, head east a couple minutes down the road, uh, drop off your toys, cash, check donations, all accepted right there. I'll be out there pretty much every minute of every day, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., Monday through Friday. Uh, thanks again to uh, Blaze Farm and Fleet for having us back, Bear Sunrooms, uh, as well as uh, being a part of this whole deal. Uh, and, of course, all the donations go towards Children's Wisconsin and Robin's Nest, the foster care arm of Children's Wisconsin, and uh, helping the kids for the holidays. And even further than that, if we can get enough uh, toys donated, you can go online right now if you like uh, and donate online at 1250amthefan.com. Again, 1250amthefan.com. would really appreciate it. Uh, if uh, you can make some donations and uh, put a smile on a kid's face uh, that's in a place where it, nobody wants to be, and that's a hospital uh, during the holidays. We really appreciate it. Curtin Long is what you're listening to. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, like I said, Ryan Horvath uh, is off, uh, went back to see family and so forth. Uh, so he'll be back with us next week. And uh, can, can talk about the defensive side of the ball. And I said before uh, that quick timeout that the defense is the unpredictable aspect of this. and the reason that is, is because you don't know what you're getting. There isn't a single person walking the face of the earth, including anybody on that defensive staff, coaching staff, that legitimately thought that that defense would play the way it did against the Detroit Lions. If I would have told you before that game, they were going to force two fumbles and return one for a score against the Lions. You probably would have said, yeah, right. Now get out of here. Or how about if I would have told you the fact that they were going to be all over Jared Goff in that football game? Would you have bought into that? Goff sacked three times in that game, but hurried double figures in that game. 
So when you're getting consistent pressure on the quarterback, that takes some pressure off of your young cornerbacks, Valentine and Valentine. Uh, it helps them to do their job a little bit easier. And what about Matt Laporta? Not Matt Laporta. That's the former Brewer. The Sam Laporta, uh, the tight end for the Lions. Dude, he had a huge game against the Packers the last time. He's had huge games against everybody he's faced. Not this week. Not on Thanksgiving. They, they didn't allow him to get off and have that big game. They had him under contained. What about Gibbs, the rookie running back out of Alabama? No big explosive plays out of him this week. Nope, that didn't happen. Montgomery had some success on the ground, for sure. No doubt, he averaged almost five yards per carry on fourteen or 15 carries, I should say, for 71 yards. But again, they held him and contained him to not allowing those big explosive plays. And that is what you want this defense to do. Create turnovers, which they really haven't done this year. Get pressure on the quarterback and contain the run. That's it. That's all you're looking for. And that's what the Packers defense did. Now, again, you could say, well, Sparky, it helps a heck of a lot when your offense, you know, gets out and scores two touchdowns on the first two drives. Sure it does. Absolutely. Playing with the lead is always better from a defensive standpoint than playing from behind and chasing and trying to figure out, you know, how you're going to come back and win. When you got the lead, you play a little bit more free. Maybe you can take a couple more gambles as far as going for the quarterback and blitzing in different situations. Because if you get beat, you're still up. It's not the end of the world if, you, if, if that happens. So you definitely play differently. And there's probably a little bit of a different mentality as far as maybe even calling plays. Uh, if you're Joe Barry, if you're playing with a 10, 14, 17-point lead versus if you're down by 14 uh, and how you're playing from that perspective. So it does change the mentality of the defense. And maybe that's kind of what leads to it. But the other thing that happened is Kenny Clark blew up and had himself the best game of his season by far. And it's funny because during the game, uh, they made a comment. Uh, I think it was Olsen that made the comment about it as far as, oh, you know, you may not have big numbers or big tackle numbers, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, he's a Madden guy, da, 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 da. And I was like, yeah, well, he's got a huge damn salary. So he better do something at a high level at some point. And Everybody loves Kenny Clark, and that's great. But he's got to be there every week. Like, he has to make his presence felt on a week-in, week-out basis. When you turn off a game on Sunday, you should be able to call a buddy or talk to a family member or whatever, I mean, and say something along the lines of, hey, man, did you see that play Kenny Clark made? Hey, how about that big play Kenny Clark had? That's what we're talking about. That's what I want to get to on a pretty consistent basis, not three times a year. And thankfully, this was one of the times where Kenny Clark made some plays. How about Rashawn Gary? Huh? How about that dude? Having himself a game, you know, getting after golf, getting home, stripping the ball, doing everything that you want him to do and being that dominant type edge rusher. Then you get to after the game uh, and Rashawn Gary in the locker room and Matt LaFleur giving him the ball. Uh, and reminding everybody that, you know, it was a year to this day uh, where he tore his ACL and was out and so forth. And then he comes back a year later with a dominant performance. And Rashawn Gary's like getting all teary eyed and stuff and says, man, y'all, I'm sick and tired of, you know, crying in front of y'all or whatever, uh, which was pretty cool. And that, that was a big moment, too. But see, th this is what I'm talking about, because. Gary comes up with a bunch of sacks. Ryan Horvath's been on this podcast going, where has he been? 
you might be getting calls, but you, you've you not been getting home and finishing the deal and, and getting these sacks like we're expecting you to. We've talked about it, Kenny Clark, during the year, that he's been not getting huge numbers, not even huge numbers. He's not been having big impact plays throughout the season either on a consistent basis. And then what about Owens at safety, y'all? That's another, another dude that was a bench guy this year, you know, played for the Texans all of last year and started games, came in, couldn't rustle the job away from Ford or from Savage, and now because of injuries, has to start. And he comes up with play after play after play uh, in this one and is a big factor in this game for the Packers. And again, that's now the third guy where you look at and go, okay, well, can he play like this the rest of the year? Can he play like this week to week the rest of the year and make plays for him? You were without Jair Alexander in this game, and you were without Devondre Campbell in this game in the middle. And when you come to start talking about stopping the run, I, I think Devondre Campbell is a very big piece of that. No offense to McDuffie, who you know plays hard, tries hard, fine. Uh, but I like Devondre Campbell as that big body to help stop the run. So not having him out there, you know, that hurts. Jair Alexander is your best quarter. Your most experienced and only really veteran cornerback that you have on this roster now. Uh, so not having him out there, that hurts too. Uh, and you're able to overcome both of those injuries and still have damn near a dominant defensive performance in this game. Now, yeah, they got back to within a touchdown there at the end and you had to recover an onside kick fine. But realistically, they pretty much, outside of that first drive from the Lions, had the Lions in check that entire football game. And just like I said earlier about Okay, well, if Matt LaFleur sucks as a play caller and Matt LaFleur's not any good, da 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 when he does well, you got to give him credit. Everybody that banged on Jordan Love, he's not the guy. Let's suck forever. Let's get a different quarterback. Okay, well, now he's the guy. He just had a great performance. Now give him credit. That's all I ask. I just ask that you're fair on both sides of this thing. And when it comes to the Packers' defense, be fair to Joe Barry. Joe Barry called that defense. And that defense played well. They played well. And I don't think it would have mattered who they were playing today. Could have been the Lions. Could have been the Chiefs. Could have been the Dolphins. Whoever. Doesn't matter. That defense was locked in and had an aggressive game plan and attacked. And that is what you want to see every week. You want to see that defensive line for the Green Bay Packers get pressure on opposing quarterbacks like they did in this game against the Lions. It's funny because we talked to Jeff Rieger uh, earlier uh, in the week from the ticket. And I mentioned to him kind of, you know, most years when the Lions weren't good, this was kind of their Super Bowl. It was the one and only time they were on national TV during the year. Fans were all excited. You go watch the Lions play, they lose, and you go home. And now the, the Lions, I think, have lost, what, seven straight, I believe, on Thanksgiving or something like that, six or seven straight. But I said on that podcast, that last podcast with Rieger, that in a weird way, this was a huge game for the Packers because if they win, then you can start talking about playoffs. Like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. So if there was still playoff hopes and dreams and aspirations, they had to have this game. They had to have it. They needed a game outside of those last six 
that they could steal. They had to steal this one or the Chiefs game. One or the other, they had to steal. Now you're five and six. And now you get Kansas City coming back. And then we go from there. The one thing that I keep telling everybody is, again, one game at a time, just see what happens. It's th- because, again, I still am not out of the woods, me personally, on this this team being young and not knowing what they don't know uh, and having ups and downs. This Kansas City game, when the schedule came out and you go through win-loss, 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 I think everybody would market with a loss. And I think right now, if I was picking, I'd still mark it with a loss. I still think I'll pick the Kansas City Chiefs probably next Sunday night. But confidence is a crazy, crazy thing. It's a crazy thing. When you, when you are confident in doing something, you are so much better at doing it than if you're doubting yourself going into doing something. And that's probably accurate nine out of ten times. I never believed it as a kid. My dad would tell me that all the time. I Get out of here. What do you know? You don't know nothing. I know everything. You don't know nothing. And as you get older, you realize it. In any type of sport or competition, if you go in confident that you're going to do well and confident in your abilities, now again, you have to have practiced and you know and everything you're supposed to do. Most times, you're, you're going to do well. And in times when you are negative, or you're worried, or you're concerned, or you're scared, or whatever the case may be. Mentally, you can screw yourself up to the point where you absolutely are horrible. And even though you prepared yourself and you were ready and all of that, the mental side of things is what screwed you up. And that is why winning these last couple of games for the Packers now makes everything possible going forward the rest of the season. Now it makes beating the Kansas City Chiefs a viable thing. It's a very viable thing that they could maybe possibly upset the Kansas City Chiefs. And we'll talk about it more next week. But I'll tell you something right now. I would be willing to bet you that when the Packers schedule came out and Jordan Love looked at it, Jordan Love wanted to see when they play Kansas City. Because we all know the last time Jordan Love got his one and only start when Rodgers caught COVID and Rodgers got or Love got forced into action that week to go in there and start. And it was pretty much embarrassing for the first, what, half, first three quarters of the game, whatever it was, um, and just looked awful. And they had no no checkdowns, no nothing for him. And LaFleur admitted after the game that he kind of screwed it up. But you know Jordan Love wants to come back, play that Steve Spagnuolo defense again, the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs, and have a better showing. And really get after this Kansas City defense and put up a bunch of points. That's that's how I'd be if I was Jordan Love. I'm just being honest. If I was Jordan Love, that would be the game I'd be looking at all year. I want I want the Chiefs. Bring me the damn Chiefs. And they're coming here to Green Bay, and I don't have to go to Arrowhead this time. Great. Bring them to me. Let, let's see how this goes the second time. I'm ready now. I'm prepared now. And it worked out well for the Packers and Jordan Love because this is a, a later in the season game. You know, if this was earlier in the season, it probably wouldn't have went well for the Packers. And it would have been a bad showing again against Bagnola. Now, you get to face this Kansas City defense. That has played well this year. No question. They've played well. Uh, now you get to play this Kansas City defense, and you're coming in feeling yourself a little bit. You're coming in confident uh, about how you're doing offensively. Christian Watson has a big game, so his confidence is up. Offensively, you are as confident as you've been. Now, again, not having Musgrave, not having Aaron Jones, 
that's going to stink for sure uh, in this game because you don't have all of your offensive firepower. But you have enough. You showed it against Detroit. You have enough. You can figure this out and you can make this work uh, and maybe uh, go out there and beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I really do think, and maybe I'll be wrong, the Green Bay Packers will be talked about again this week. And you can see it because Packer fans, you know, we don't forget anything. You know, the Adam Shines of the world that was ripping Jordan Love before the season. People were retweeting that uh, tweet uh, from uh, earlier in the season. People going after Colin Cowherd uh, when Cowherd was going after uh, Jordan Love and saying he's nothing special. All that stuff. Everybody's bringing all that stuff back out on Twitter again and people going back at him. Just remember something, okay? Just, just, and I don't, I don't care that you go back at these guys one way or the other. They made the statements they said, but we all make mistakes. We all have bad predictions and so forth. The thing that I've learned as I've gotten older, and both those dudes, I think, I don't know about Shine, but Coward definitely is older than me. But I've learned as I've gotten older is you've got to have some patience and let's see how these guys develop given time. When I was younger, man. Give me a rookie, I'd make up my mind on that doing like three or four games. I, I tell you if he's good or bad, and then I'd stick to it and be stubborn about it. Not anymore. Now I like to see time and development and let's see how it goes. And this is kind of playing out kind of exactly like how we talked about it playing out. Before the year, I said seven to nine wins somewhere in that area. And right now they're at five already and they've got six left. They've got six left. Some of you thought this team was going to compete for the one or two pick in the NFL draft. That's what y'all thought. That's what y'all were talking about. That's what the whole conversation was. Everybody was jumping off the boat on the Packers on Jordan Love and this offense uh, instead of just kind of holding it through. And I said it, I'm not picking I'm not picking them the rest of the year because you just don't know what you're getting. But you're starting to see them develop the chemistry and starting to get better. And these young guys are working and getting better like Matt LaFleur has been preaching the whole time. Just A-plus for the Green Bay Packers on Thanksgiving. I tweeted out, best Thanksgiving day ever uh, concerning the Green Bay Packers. That was awesome. You could pull an upset against a team that nobody thought you could beat in the Detroit Lions after the Lions have absolutely whooped you the last two times. And because of how bad you were earlier in the season, nobody thought it would be any different this time. Uh, and Packers showed out. Now, in order for this one to matter, they got to come back and put up another good performance against the Kansas City Chiefs, right? This isn't a situation where everybody knows Aaron Rodgers is good. He's got 10 years of his career to show that he's good. Jordan Love, Jordan Love doesn't have that. He's got you know two, three weeks here of good football. Uh, he's got to keep building on it along with his wide receivers. And as I said before, confidence, it's a crazy thing. Crazy, crazy thing. More confident you are, the better you'll play. Just like earlier in the year when their confidence level was in the toilet, uh, and they were hitting rock bottom and, and things couldn't go right and everything that they tried to do went wrong. They bottomed out and now they're coming out on the other end. And that is what you wanted to see as a Packer fan this year. That is what Brian Gutekunst was talking about at his press conference in the middle of the season of, okay, we got 10 games left. Let's see what it looks like. Since that press conference, this team has taken off. Yeah. This offense specifically has played much better since that press conference. And away we've gone. And now this team is in a position to get back to 500, possibly uh, if they get the Kansas city chiefs, but enjoy this win over the Detroit lions. Enjoy the fact that this guy is legit. Jordan love is legit. I said it before the season started. 
He's good. He doesn't suck. We know this. He does not suck. And I never said he did suck. I never changed my mind on saying that he didn't suck throughout that entire run because I wasn't I wasn't prepared to change my mind because I didn't think anything that was going on had much of anything to do with him. It had a lot to do with what was going on around him. And now you're seeing as things around him start to evolve and play better, he now is in a position to look better uh, as well once everybody else is doing their job. It's a beautiful thing. So happy for Jordan Love. Happy for Matt LaFleur. Happy for the Packers. Happy for Packer fans because we can celebrate and feel good about things. Uh, and got a legit football team again. But again, the question is, will this defense consistently play like this? I have my doubts big time. Uh, and offensively, you know, can they play at this level the rest of the year consistently? I have my doubts on that too, again, because we're we're young. Uh, so we'll see how this whole thing plays out. But very, very happy uh, on a Thanksgiving day here after the Packers get a much, 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 much needed upset. 29-22 over the Detroit Lions. Huge for the confidence uh, of the players, the coaches, and everybody involved. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. We'll do this again coming up on Monday with Ryan Horvath. Toodles.